Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hi, this is Karen Brown. Thanks for checking out the Mississippi Edition podcast. If you like what you hear, click subscribe, hit like, or leave us a comment if your app has that feature. Then find other MPB podcasts by searching MPB Think Radio on your favorite podcasting platform. Thanks. Good morning. It's 8.30 on Tuesday, January 28th. I'm Karen Brown, and this is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. On today's show... Mississippi is a beautiful, powerful state. Mississippi's greatest resource has always been and will always be our people. We break down the governor's state of the state and hear responses from lawmakers on both sides of the aisle. Then, he spent 24 years in Mississippi's prisons. Now he helps others avoid his fate while pushing for reform. That's all coming up. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Mississippi is a beautiful, powerful state. We have many natural resources, from the fertile soil that produces our crops to the beautiful coastline that draws visitors from around the world. But Mississippi's greatest resource has always been and will always be our people. Governor Tate Reeves addressed Mississippi in his first State of the State Monday evening. Carrying over from his inauguration, he touted the theme for all Mississippi and presented key issues he hopes to tackle during his term. Governor Reeves started off by prioritizing education. That is why our first mission must be the continued improvement of our educational system. We have made tremendous strides. A portion of the credit belongs to the education reform advocates who have fought tirelessly against the coalition of the status quo. Change is never easy, but Mississippi's education system needed change. Now there has been a concerted effort to undermine and attack those reforms. But the results speak for themselves. We must hold the line against those who would undo the very reforms that are lifting children up. We are joined now by Republican analyst Austin Barber and former Democrat House member Brandon Jones to break down some of the major points of the governor's address. The governor gives a lot of credit to advocacy groups for educational reform, including increased choice. But the successes he highlights, notably literacy growth, are largely measures of the public school system. 
based on this governor's record, where do you see him leading the state of education, Austin? Well, I don't know why that's a problem. Listen, I think you've got to have people that are that are advocates for, for public school, whether those are teachers, whether those are parents, whether those are administrators, or whether those are guys um, who are out there who believe uh, in more choice in school. That's not a problem. That's a good thing. And they have done a ton of great things in the last eight years to improve scores, uh, to add the fourth grade reading gate, and to pay teachers more. And I love what Tate Reeves said about this. We've got more money coming in. Let's pay our teachers more from the new tax revenues. Brandon? Karen, you're right. Uh, this was a, um acknowledgement that um, it's it's been in the public schools with the reading gate, with the uh, increased number of reading coaches where we've seen the really biggest improvement. But now let's be clear. When we talk about most education growth in the entire country, that simply means we had the farthest to go. So if you used to run a 20-minute mile, now you run a 15-minute mile, you might have shaved five minutes off your time, but you're still slow. So we've still got ground to make up in this area. The critical need for rural medical care was also mentioned. We must prioritize the safety of all Mississippians and the health of all Mississippians. We need to incentivize quality health care in all regions of the state and protect the small-town way of life that makes us who we are. We must do all of this without falling into the trap that so many misguided politicians cannot avoid. Big government intervention creates as many problems as it solves. That was the lesson of Obamacare. It is the lesson that left that many on the left failed to learn. It is a lesson that we must remember. A recent Millsaps Chisholm poll indicates Mississippians want expanded Medicaid. This speech seems to imply Medicaid expansion is off the table. Is there common ground to be found, Brandon? I, I certainly hope so. I, I think that the lesson that Governor Reeves is referring to here is not a lesson that many of his Republican colleagues in other states agree with him on. Um, we've seen expansion in some form or another, whether it be Mike Pence's skinny expansion or other Republicans such as uh, Governor Kasich in Ohio who have done some version of expansion that has helped their citizens and made access to health care a greater reality. We need to find our way to that. If Governor Reeves wants to call it Donald Trump care or MAGA care, that's okay, but we need to find our way to a creative expansion of Medicaid. I, I don't come out of this speech wondering about expansion of Medicaid. Uh, I, I come out of this speech and I see this is a guy who's not the best orator, but who just has had wonderful words. This speech and his inaugural speech, I love what he said. I'm going to have a bias towards action. He is raising the bar for all of us, and many people have have uh, taken a lot of swipes at Tate Reeves during his time as lieutenant governor. But I think he is setting himself up to do some really big things, and he is hitting it hard, first and foremost, with what he's, how he's handled corrections. The governor addressed the need to give prisons the tools they need, but he didn't mention any additional funding. How do you see him leading Mississippi out of this crisis? We must also insist on improving our correctional system to protect the integrity of our state. All Mississippians must be able to trust that the people in charge of the system are acting with competence to keep them safe. We must be able to trust that the corrections officers operating these prisons have the tools that they need to do their jobs and that they are compensated fairly. We must be able to trust that this system shows a baseline level of respect 
to those who find themselves within it. We must administer justice fairly, respecting the dignity of all within our prison walls. We have made one major decision that I would like to announce today. I have instructed the Mississippi Department of Corrections to begin the necessary work to start closing Parchman's most notorious unit, Unit 29. Austin, how does that happen, and is that where it ends? No, it's not where it will end. Listen, there's no question. What Tate Reeves has done on, on corrections from day one, literally this was an emergency situation that he has handled. He surrounded himself with the best people, and he, again, as he said, has a bias towards action. He has gone directly to Parchment. He's gone to Walnut Grove, which may be a potential place to move some of these prisoners. He is going to hire the best person. He surrounded himself with the right team. A bias towards action. As he said, I've seen enough. We must turn the page. This is the first step I've directed him to see the close unit 29 safely, justly, and quickly. It'll happen. Brandon? This was the biggest part of the speech and the most newsworthy. Uh, Closing Unit 29 is an essential first step, and I think the governor appropriately said we need to do this quickly, but it's only part of the problem. We do have an over-incarceration problem. We do have other elements of uh, corrections that we need to look at, and I think he appropriately contextualized it. But, look, I applaud him for this. This was meaningful, and I think there will be a lot of folks who see this as an important first step. Yeah, we really agree. Brandon and I both agree on a lot of these policy issues with with corrections, which doesn't happen very often, Brandon. That's right. (laughs) Okay, next clip. There has been a malicious myth spreading across our country for many years that the only way to achieve the American dream is through a four-year university degree and a career behind a desk. That myth comes from the arrogance of an elite class that sees their comfortable life as the only ideal. They are the same metropolitan narcissists who look at our state and sneer. We can take advantage of this national myth because in Mississippi we know that there is pride in a trade. We can let the East Coast have their ivory towers. We can let the West Coast have a generation of gender studies majors. We will take more jobs and higher pay. Brandon, who's he speaking to? Mississippi attracts people from all over the country, from a wide variety of educational backgrounds. How is this message congruent with the for all Mississippi theme? Well, I, I don't think it is. This this is a deep cut. It should have been a B-side. It shouldn't have been included in the speech. Uh, Metropolitan narcissist. He was talking for two minutes before I think anyone in the world knew what this was. I think it was an effort to be kind of cute about how we need to do um, an investment in alternative training, which is true, but I don't think that that's the whole story. Yeah, I, I totally disagree. So many people around the country look down their nose at Mississippi. We have to grow our middle class. We have to grow our middle class. So this is exactly what he's talking about. How do we grow our middle class? It's great. You, not everybody has to go to college. Okay, you can go to a two year college. You can learn a trade. You can make a good living. You can provide for your family. That is what Tate Reeves is doing here. How do we grow our middle class and make Mississippi a better place for all of us? Republican analyst Austin Barber, thank you for being here. And Democrat Brandon Jones, thank you both so much. Coming up, lawmakers respond to the state of the state. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. On Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit, you get information about foods you should eat to stay in good health and tips on how to stay active. I'm Dr. Josie Bidwell, host of Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit and Associate Professor of Preventive Medicine at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. 
Joining me on the show each week are healthcare professionals who add their expertise to the discussion. Listen to the show every Monday at 11 or subscribe to the podcast by searching for Southern Remedy with your preferred podcasting app. I'm Karen Brown. The state Democrats issued a response to the State of the State Monday evening. Delivering the response was House member Robert Johnson. He called for ensuring inclusion when promoting the theme for all Mississippi. Governor Reeves stated that his will be an administration for all Mississippi. We agree that his administration should be for all of Mississippi. All of Mississippi should not just mean Madison, Rankin, and DeSoto counties. All of Mississippi should not just mean people of one race, one faith, one gender, one sexual orientation, or one political party. One Mississippi should truly mean all of Mississippi. And when we talk about the loving culture that underpins our quality of life, let's not forget that this loving culture has to be one of inclusion, progress, and change. The culture that has made Mississippi great has been rooted in the sacrifice and leadership of people like Mega Evers and Fannie Lou Hamer and political leaders like William Winter and Robert Clark, to name a few. These leaders brought people together, fought for the underserved, and encouraged progressive thinking that led to positive change in our great state, change that brought improvements in human relationships, health care, public education, infrastructure, and our overall quality of life. Democrat House member Alice Clark hopes the governor lives up to the promise outlined in his address and commends him for taking action regarding Parchment Unit 29. Well, it was interesting. It was, I listened to all of the things that he says that he really wants to do, and it makes you feel good because if he does, Mississippi should be a better place. And the other thing when you mentioned that has to do with the prison, that's a real concern of most of my, my uh, constituents. I get calls and letters all of the time about what's going on in the prison system, and I was definitely glad to hear him say that He's going to do something about 29. Republican Briggs Hobson is chair of the Senate Appropriations Committee. He says he was pleased to hear the governor address education and the prison system. He also indicates the Department of Corrections may need additional funding. There were a couple of things in particular that interested me. Obviously, the emphasis on education, not just the gains that have been made in Mississippi, but also additional attention to pay in education helping to encourage uh, board-certified teachers. Those were good things. I was also encouraged by his comments on corrections, that they're taking immediate action to address some of the concerns there. And, uh, of course, that's going to include some additional money. But, uh, you know, we're, we're going to have to look at that in the budget and make sure that we can meet the needs. And I think we can this year. So optimistic about those two things in particular. Coming up, he spent 24 years in Mississippi's prisons. Now he helps others avoid his fate while pushing for reform. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. When your kids are too young to drive, they still have to get places. Lots of places. So you spend lots of time in your car or SUV driving them to those places. Thank goodness for MPB Think Radio. While you're waiting in the pickup and drop-off line with the trillion other parents, you have fresh air, Southern Remedy, Morning Edition, Everyday Tech, and a host of other MPB programs to keep you company. Go to mpbonline.org to find out what's on and when. You take care of the kids, we'll take care of you at MPB Think Radio. Hello, I'm Dr. Nancy Lotridge-Anderson 
president of New Perspectives, a fee-only financial advising firm and co-host of Money Talks. For over 10 years, Money Talks has been answering your personal financial questions and sharing knowledge about money management. Money Talks can be heard Tuesdays at 9 a.m. on MPB Think Radio. Podcasts can be found on our website, money.mpbonline.org, or on your smart device's podcasting platform. I'm Karen Brown. Kewen Grayer spent 24 years in Mississippi prisons, including time at Parchman. A reformed gang member, he now spends his time helping others avoid his fate. In a conversation with MPB's Desiree Frazier, Grayer describes the conditions and culture of the Mississippi prison system. I got involved in gang prevention, being a reformed gangster disciple. Um, I went to prison at a very young age and I did 24 years in prison. And I lived under conditions in the Mississippi Department of Correction, and I've seen tragic situations where lives were just destroyed by violence, by senseless violence. And somewhere along those lines, my heart turned to God. And when my heart turned to the Lord, the Lord sent me back where he brought me from to be a shining light to those who live in that darkness, who need to see someone who was resurrected from the same places that they are now sleeping in to give them hope that it is possible after doing time in prison to get out and reform yourself, adjust yourself, and become a citizen, and to be productive in your process of doing it, and to be positive. How long have you been out? I've been out three years now. Can you describe some of the conditions that inmates are dealing with? We, we get served food with feces in it, with insects in it. We can't give our tray back. If we do, we won't be able to eat. Um, we go weeks sometimes without showers, without water, due to corporal punishment, group punishment, things of that nature. Um, it's just they have a thing inside of the prison system where the ACU comes around and does an inspection. Every What's the ACU? Um, it's an inspection agency that the prison systems are contracted to through. So they come around every so often to check on the conditions of the prison. Now, when they come... What the, what, the, what the administrative officials would do is go to every individual camp and speak to the inmates, and they would bring cleaning supplies, paint, um, mold scraper, and they would tell us, well, if you guys get this building together, we're going to feed y'all a steak meal if we pass the inspection. You're going to have steak. You're going to have potatoes. You're going to have we're going to bring in DVD players and let you watch movies. To guys who have been living in these conditions 10 to 15 years, five years, who have been treated like animals, do you know the lengths that they would go through to have a piece of steak, to watch a DVD movie? And even though you have a few people that want to stand and say, hey, man, let's not do that. The people need to know. The ACU needs to know what type of conditions we're really living in. But the ones who want to stand up, they take them and put them in solitary confinement. And the ones who are, who are going to carry through with the program, they keep them out. They clean the place up. ACU comes in. Oh, it looks wonderful. Are you familiar with Parchment? Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. I'm very familiar with Parchment. Did you serve time there? Yes, ma'am. Were you in Unit 29 or 32? Yes. I've been in both. The governor is coming out with um, a list of items that they're going to tackle, one of them being to deal with the cell phone issue. Um, and th they're saying that contraband cell phones allow um, gang members to connect with one another in other, other facilities outside and orchestrate violence. 
Um, yes, I've heard that when I was there, and I've heard that since I've been home. But I'm here to tell you that I, I don't advocate anything that's wrong, and it is wrong because it is against the rules to own one and have one. But I'm here to tell you that they're not used for the purpose that they are trying to make it seem as if they use cell phones for them. Believe it or not, I have been in situations to where a cell phone saved lives. There's times when something is getting ready to happen in the zone that you have leaders stand up and say, hey, man, y'all got to stop that. We got too much stuff in here to lose. Because to a lot of them, this is their only contact to the world. They haven't had a visit in five or ten years. They don't, you can't use the wall phone because most of us incarcerated came from poverty-stricken families. So they didn't have the resources or the access to be able to put money on the phone to make commissary. So a cell phone is a valuable asset to them. So they would never do anything that's going to jeopardize them losing that phone. Because in, in prison, we actually call that our lifeline. Rehabilitation. Are there any GED uh, classes? Are there any uh, college programs? Are there books? Yes, absolutely. Uh, actually, I got my associate's degree in theology while I was incarcerated. I went to Bible college and um, attained my associate's degree. Not every facility offers it. They offer GED programs, but they're limited to the amount of people that they can allow in it because of the funding that they have, you know. And People are not funding the positive things that can take place to reform prisoners. So their budget is so low that it's only so much that they can do with what they have. Keewen Grayer spent 24 years in Mississippi prisons. On a related note, an inmate was found dead in his cell at a privately run prison in Mississippi during the weekend. A spokesman for the company that runs the Marshall County Correctional Facility says 38-year-old Jermaine Tyler was found unresponsive Saturday. The spokesman says there were no initial signs of foul play. Another inmate was found dead Sunday at the Mississippi State Penitentiary at Parchman. At least a dozen prisoners have died in Mississippi in the past month, many of them during outbreaks of violence. Some inmates are suing the state, saying they're forced to live in decrepit and dangerous conditions. The Mississippi Supreme Court has rejected the latest appeal from a man convicted of killing four relatives when he was a teenager. Stephen McGilbury was 16 when he used a baseball bat to kill his stepfather, half-sister, mother, and three-year-old nephew in 1994 in Jackson County. He was convicted in 1996 of four counts of capital murder and was sentenced to death. The U.S. Supreme Court invalidated the death penalty for crimes committed when people were juveniles. Another decision required resentencing for juvenile life without parole cases. The Mississippi High Court rejected Mel Gilbury's argument that a jury rather than a judge should have done the resentencing. Thanks for listening to the Mississippi Edition podcast from MPB News and MPB Think Radio. Don't forget to subscribe if you haven't already. And if your app lets you, leave a comment or review. We really do appreciate it. Remember, you can always get in touch with MPB News on Facebook and Twitter. And fresh episodes of the podcast are posted every weekday morning. I'm Karen Brown. Thanks for listening. This is Mississippi Edition from MPB Think Radio.